SAFM Literature. That's what it is, SAFM Literature, where we talk about books and writing and words and thinking and all of the above. And what we have to come in the uh, the next hour, in our book two feature, another visionary. We were talking about hearing all about visionary da Vinci earlier. What a fascinating exhibition. Uh, once again, do urge you to get yourself to see that if you're able to. It's on in Cape Town until the 23rd of February at the waterfront at the Clock Tower, in fact, in Battery Museum. And then it's moving on to Johannesburg. But let me get back to the visionary in question. So you know, Leonardo da Vinci was a visionary. Well, we have another visionary. He's, uh, he's perfect Clongwani, and he's going to be talking to us about his book, Josie, a novel. So look forward to that one. And then we'll be talking in our bookshelf item, we'll be talking to uh, a reader who's going to be telling us about the book that she's reading. And don't forget, it's your moment. And if you'd like to tell us about the books that you book or books that you're reading, please do. Books at safm.co.za or me, richardsn at safm.co.za. Really interesting to hear what you're reading, why you're reading it and why you're enjoying it or not, as the case may be. And if you want to phone, you can do that too, 0892 10 2010. So we'll be talking to a reader and then in our story feature. Well, the feature today is kind of a rhythmical story because our guest is a Scottish poet. She's Rachel McCrum. She's here in South Africa on a poetic residency and she's going to be telling us a story of uh, how and why she tells poems. It seems like she certainly will have a very interesting story to tell because in her uh, sort of bio, she says she also likes sailing, smoking, dark chocolate and yellow piccalilli and talking with people with passion and commitment in their souls and she throws a damn good party. So look forward to talking to Rachel McCram on all sorts of levels. Um, that's Yes, that's what we've got lined up for the next hour. We'll keep you in suspenders for what's coming up in the last hour. So that's what we've got lined up right now, though. Let's get on to our first item. Josie, that enigmatic, complex city. Well, how much has been written about it, said about it? It's international, it's exciting, it's dynamic, it's decaying, it's crime-ridden. Every which experience seems to be available to you in Johannesburg. Well, Perfect Hongwani had his, has his own uh, ideas about uh, Josie to add, and he describes it as a place where dreams come to die, that, uh, as he describes in his debut novel, which is called Josie. So we're going to find out about his version of Josie, because we do have him in our studio. But first of all, who is Perfect Longuani? Described on the back of the book as a lecturer, an editor, consultant, poet, ghetto, street philosopher. Well, uh, Perfect, are you with us? Yes, I am. Uh, lovely to have you with us. I'm just going to read one of the little passages from your book, just to give our listeners a bit of a flavour, because it's really... Um, it's an intensely written and felt book. And the welcome and promise and threat of Bramfontein is the welcome and promise and threat of the so-called new South Africa, poised on the threshold of greatness, tottering on the brink of collapse, intimating signs of a spectacular resolution of her crises and conundrums, and yet leaning dangerously into the turbulence of violent social winds. Like the society that birthed her, Bramfontein is a character marked by schizophrenia, where first and third world are forever locked in loving embrace while equipoise in fierce combat. Wow. There you go. That's Bramfontein. Gosh, perfect. Where has all this come from? As I was reading this book, I thought, who is this man? What life has he led? Tell us about you, perfect. What is, aside from your wonderful name, what, what are you? What do you do? A whole list of different things that you do. Tell us about you. Um, yeah, Nancy. Um, first of all, hey, a visionary. I see there's no pressure here. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, no pressure, especially compared right, to Leonardo right. da Vinci. Hey? <laughs> um, yeah, um, I guess Perfect Lingwane is um, someone that's always had a passion for writing. 
someone that's always thought of himself as a writer, even when he was not writing or was not producing writing. Um, and um, Josie, I mean, for me, you know, it's it's an amazing place. Um, I know it's easy to read the book and say, you know, it's it's rife with despair and um, it's got a dark vision. Um, but the the other side of the coin for me is that it 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 has it has something to do with the character of Josie, the ability to look that despair dead in the eye. For me, is a kind of hope, because I would think that hopelessness would be a looking away from some of these grim realities. So, um, yeah. Mm. Mm-hmm. Okay, good, good. Um, lecturer, editor, consultant, poet, ghetto street philosopher. Y- you've been doing all those things. Continue to do all uh, those things. Y- yes, yes. Um, initially, um, I I was supposed to be a lawyer, okay. according according to um, family and friends, uh, because of you know the subjects that I was excelling in and. Uh, and I think at, at at 20, I quite intentionally chose to do a humanities degree because I was already obsessed with writing and writers. And at the time, it was really, you know, your English writers. It was your, your, your Charles Dickens. It was your Thomas Hardy. It was your D.H. Lawrence, you know. And I just could not figure myself um, studying anything else except these guys that write these books. But uh, after that, you know, I then went to Vitz, um, studied there, uh, post-grad, uh, got recruited as a lecturer in the English department. Um, that didn't last too long. I think academia at that time, for me, was just a little... I think I still wanted to explore a lot of things. You know, I still had a lot of um, projects that I had in mind about, you know, publications that I would start up and that would, well, of course, you're a dreamer at that age as well, you know, um, uh, but um, it took me some time to get around to actually, you know, getting published and uh, people have always said to me, people that know me, you know, uh, when when is a book coming? When is the book coming? And the strange thing is that I've always been writing, but uh, because my writing process is that very little of what I write survives, uh, most of it ends up in the trash. Um, mm. And I think I think that's a I think that's a process that I'm beginning to modify now that I'm in my forties. I'm beginning perhaps to be a little more realistic, a little more accepting of my voice. And perhaps even a little more accepting of my limitations, because at some point, you know, not you, you can't be too perfectionist. Otherwise, nothing's going to survive. You know. Um, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So, um, yeah. In a nutshell, that's 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 perfect. That's um, you know, born to write, uh, taking his time about getting around to it. But uh, certainly, I. You know, believe that this is the first of quite a few. Yeah, yeah. I'm a little yeah. bit disappointed about all the stuff that's been trashed. I'm thinking, you know what? It is, you know how easy it is to say things on a computer. Put it in a folder, keep it, because you never know. But I also hear you're obviously a little bit of a, I suppose it goes with the name, perfectionist, in as much as you're quite a bit of a critic on yourself. Yeah. Well, you know, you're not gonna let me off easy on the name, right? No. <laughs> 
<laughs> I just thought it's it's just too obvious to start with that one, so I'm just going to leave it. I'm just going to okay. leave it, and everybody can make their own yeah. um, yeah. judgments about it, but it is nonetheless, it's a wonderful name. Mm. So... Quite a lot of writing before you came to this novel. Yeah. Let's talk about the novel, Josie, a novel. Mm-hmm. Is it you? Is it who? Because we, there's a lot of I in yeah. the beginning, and then later on it becomes Frank did. Uh-huh. And I'm thinking, now, who, who are we talking about here? Is it, is it, is it autobiographical? Well, it's, it's, it's a work of fiction. Mm. Okay. Um, Thank Lord. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> it's, it's a work of fiction, which, which for me means that um it, it it is it is closer to the truth than a true story because for me um the the genre fiction uh gives you space and gives you the tools to to tell the truth that you want to tell without reality getting in the way so in other words if you're talking about a character you you know you can take any character in the novel and then say, you know, who is this based upon? Well, the answer could be that this is a conglomeration of 16 different people. Mm. But those 16 different people have lent themselves to the exposition of one particular thing that you want to put across. So, yeah. Okay, mm-hmm. okay. Um, just going back to what you were saying earlier about you talking about yourself being a dreamer at mm-hmm. this stage, and one of the things you say about jo- Josie is that it's a place where dreams come to die. Mm-hmm. Did you come to Josie? Are you from Josie? Are you standing back from the outside of it, looking in? Yeah. What's your relationship? It's, yeah, yeah. It's, a, it's, a, it's an interesting story. Uh, my my mother is from Josie, from Soweto. Um, my dad is from Guasulu Natal in a place mm. called Bergville, lovely place just uh, below the Drakensberg Mountains. But uh, I grew up in Swaziland because my parents made a conscious decision um, to not have us exposed to Bantu education. So, you know, I did my schooling, uh, most of my childhood memories in Swaziland with the proviso that it, it, wasn't, it wasn't quite exile in the sense that every school holidays then I was at my grand's place in Soweto, in Emdeni. So it was that, that kind of upbringing where, you know, you're a Josie boy, but you're also a, a child that is growing up and schooling in Swaziland. Uh, so Josie for me has always been home, uh, but Josie has always for me also been a place that I visit. You know, in a contradictory kind of sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. So, so it gives you the advantage of being an insider and an and, outsider. And an outsider, yes. Can I just ask you about language? Uh, mm-hmm. Interesting that you grew up in Swaziland. What mm-hmm. was the language of your childhood? You feel, it feels, I mean, even from that passage that I read, you feel very au fait with all the, the niceties of the English language. Was that what you grew up with? Um, I wouldn't say that at home English was the, the, the home language. I think, I think I immersed myself in English literature from a very early age, you know, and um, kind of, I remember in high school, for example, um, you know, uh, with a friend of mine, we were called the walking dictionaries. I mean, this, this basically <laughs> just spoke to how obsessed we were with, with English and you know the language and and you know we were studying Shakespeare at the time and we'd basically our idea of fun would be to stand and quote long passages to each other of this and well you know everyone else thought we were quite crazy but you know that's <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's yeah well you know that's what we were into uh, in terms of the home front I mean growing up in Switzerland obviously they it's Siswati that's spoken there 
But uh, interestingly, uh, you know, my dad is a Zulu man. And what, what would basically happen is that you'd walk through the gate, you know, you get home after school, and once you enter that gate, you would know you've got to switch from Swazi to Zulu, even though they're very similar. But, you know, my dad would give you the look if you spoke Siswati, you know, and, you know, he's going to kill me for saying this, but he would say, you know, don't speak Swati, you sound like a child trying to learn Zulu, so it it was that kind of upbringing and and interestingly you know just in terms of also the the experience of displacement even growing up in Swaziland um there was that sense of belonging and not belonging at the same time because uh, you, you will know it's a very homogeneous society in Swaziland you know um the surnames are known you know what constitutes swazi is known and uh, you know growing up one had a lot of uh you know where are you from? You're not Swazi, you know. So you, at the same time, your experience says to you, well, you know, this is where I'm growing up, this is where I'm schooling, this is where my childhood friends are from, this is home. But it's it's home, and at the same time, you're told, no, this is not home. And then, you know, you go to South Africa, and then you get to South Africa, and you're talking Swazi, you know, because it happens. I mean, this is where you're growing up. And, and your fellow South African relatives and friends now are saying, Hey, you know, you're the guy from Swaziland, right? Mm. <laughs> so, yeah, mm. yeah. Yes, yes, so mm. slightly skits. Yeah. Um, I'm just wondering what sort of look your father gave you when you were standing there spouting passages of Shakespeare. Maybe that was another sort of look <laughs> altogether. But, you know, we're talking mm. a lot about about you and where you're coming mm-hmm. from, which gives me a sort of a broader picture. But let's mm-hmm. let's have a look at the book because... Yeah. You mentioned there are a whole list of English writers, Thomas Hardy, D.H. Mm-hmm. Lawrence, Shakespeare, and I'm thinking, really? Um, <laughs> you know, as I'm reading Josie, you know, we've got the street philosophers, mm-hmm. we've got the drunken mm-hmm. poet, we've got all these people that couldn't yeah. be a m- more million miles from... Yeah. Well, yeah. I don't know. Maybe well, you know, that, that was my entry into literature. Mm. Um, obviously, once I, you know, um, entered varsity and started, you know, affording to buy my own books to a certain degree, you know, then I got into your Chinua Achebe, your Waleshwe Yinka, um, your Aikwe Ama. You know, uh, for me, reading Aikwe Ama's The Beautiful Ones Are Not Yet Born was for me a seminal moment. I think, I think it may actually have been the point where it was written down in, 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 in my heart that this is what I will do. At some point in time, I will do this. I will write books, you know, and, and, and I will be um, a writer. And, and so those are all, those are all influences. And um, it, it, it's not to say that I, I, I draw my, my, my influence from a range of, I got into, I had a Russian literature period where all I could read was Dostoevsky and, and Tolstoy, you know, and, you know, so it's a, it's a range of, you know, diverse um, influences and diverse interests yeah yes and one day people will be saying well I started off reading Tlongkwane actually and, and wouldn't that be nice <laughs> that would be great but people will be li- looking to you and your work and mm-hmm. I just want to come back to some of the characters in here and mm-hmm. some of the feelings about Josie and oh you know, when sometimes you drive through Johannesburg and you think, wow, and other times you think, oh, yeah. you know, depending on where you are. Mm-hmm. Um, is it is it the place where, where dreams come to die? You know, it, 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 is it that bad all the time? It, 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 is, it is, in a sense, a place where dreams come to die. But uh, I, I think we can, we can look at that, that, that um, depiction in, in two different ways. 
we can look at it from the uh, despondent point of view that you know oh you know dreams come here and they die but uh, part of that is that it is the place where dreams come mm-hmm. so it, it doesn't completely erase the the promise and the the potential that is Josie and uh, perhaps the reason that it is the place where so many dreams come to die is because uh, so many dreams do come and some dreams do get realized so uh, yeah, and in mm-hmm. some cases it's where people come to die, never yes. mind their dreams. Yes, and exactly. It's, it's mm-hmm. quite violent, it's quite vicious. Mm-hmm. Were you conscious of picking up material for the book as you've lived your life in Johannesburg? I mean, experiences, mm-hmm. I mean, these, these, are, mm-hmm. these are lived experiences. Yeah, um, I, I would say yes, um, almost, almost to the extent of seeking out certain kinds of experiences because you have a sort of um, subconscious or unconscious idea of what kind of slices of reality it is that you would like to one day share, you know. Um, so, for example, you know, I mean, uh, I've, I've, I've explored Hillbro, um, you know, places in Hillbro at times that you're not supposed to be in those places, and I think, in a sense, it, 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 it was to do with trying to get a handle on the kind of lives that some of the maybe marginalized, you know, sectors of, of, of your Josie population, uh, so what reality are they grappling with? What, what, what lives are they living? And uh, I, think, I think that I do, I, I do have a certain leaning towards the the disadvantage to the um you know the poor in terms of my my vision mm-hmm. and 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 the the kind of um human the, the kind of picture of humanity that interests me is i think more your people that are struggling as opposed yes. to um you know yeah yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It, yeah, sometimes the sort of the wrist-swishingly depressing stuff that yeah. makes much, <laughs> much more colourful <laughs> material. But, yeah. mm-hmm. but however, having said that, this is your debut novel, and I, yeah. if you are able to listen to the show a little bit later on, we're going to be talking, going to be hearing about uh, a new literary prize. Called, mm-hmm. you, uh, you maybe already know about it. It's called Etisalat. I don't know if you know. It's it's a Pan-African prize. Yes, indeed. And mm-hmm. it's for debut mm-hmm. novelists. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Have you entered? Has your book been entered? I have no idea. I would have to talk to my publisher about that. Get on to your publishers this minute. Yes. In fact, I think that the uh, shortlist for uh, 2014's Etisalat has just been announced. Mm. So perhaps mine might be entered for the next run. Um, Yeah. Exactly. Well, I'm thinking that Mm. would be a very good call. Mm -hmm. And we look forward to your next novel, which won't be your debut because you've done debut and you never do debut again. Yeah. But I really look forward (laughs) to it. Perfect. It's been absolutely fascinating. What a book. Um, really looking forward to your next one. Have you got another one lined up? Thank you, Nancy. Um, I suppose the good news is that I believe the second one is almost done and definitely before the end of the year um, will be in print. And, uh, yeah, I think um, now that I've started, uh, I'm not going to stop. You're on a roll. Yep. Well, in that case, look forward to talking to you again soon. Great. Lovely. Thanks, Nancy. Take care. Cheers. Perfect Longwani, and if you'd like to get hold of the book, it's, it's, a, it's a little book, but my goodness me, does it pack a punch. It's called Josie, a novel, and it's published by UKZN Press.